0: Alright, so originally I was going to get on here and I was going to do a preview and predictions for the Royal Rumble that takes place tonight, but then I realized I forgot to review WWE Survivor Series War Games that took place in November, so I'm going to do that first, and then I'm going to preview um, the Royal Rumble. I might combine this into one podcast, depending on how long it is, I don't know yet. I probably will, this is I'm trying to, The review shouldn't take too long, and there should the preview and predictions. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in WWE, though. There's Vince McMahon, the Vince McMahon scandal that's going on. He ended up resigning from WWE, which is after like over 40 plus years of owning the company. Um, so I'm going to talk about that. That'll be a separate podcast, I think. And then WWE got a television rights deal for Monday Night Raw for like $5 billion. I'll talk about that on probably the same one. And The Rock has joined the board of directors for the TKO, you know, the company that owns WWE and UFC. That's like, you know, they're ran separately, but they're, you know, they're owned by the same entity, I guess you could say. But The Rock joined the board of directors, so that's cool. Um, I'll talk about that as well. That'll be all separate. Then I'm going to do, try to finish the WrestleMania review series that I started. I think I only got through, like, WrestleMania 2. I was like, God. Some of those early WrestleManias are rough to sit through, but also the fact that, like, I don't have time to sit down and watch, like, 40 WrestleManias. They're, like, three hours long. And then each year, I swear to God, the show gets longer. So, I'll try to get that finished. I had some Oregon Duck content coming up as well. So, uh, this platform that I'm using has actually changed a lot of things. So, I might actually have to do this another way. I'm trying to still figure that out because I noticed that they're now... In order to make money off of these, you've got to charge people to listen to them. And I really don't want to do that because before I could get money based off just people listen like, views, you know. Now you actually have to charge people to listen to them. And I really don't want to do that because I'm not greedy and I don't want to force people to pay me to listen to me yap for, like, an hour So, so. Um, anyway, I'm or I'll just make them all free. I don't really care about making well, of course you want to make money, but I don't want to force people to pay to listen to me, so, um, anyway, let's get started with Survivor Series War Games, this was a pretty good show, it had a couple of huge returns, which I'll get to, um, when we get there, uh, the show took place on November 25th, 2023, from the, from Rosemont, Illinois, at the Allstate Arena, the venue was 17,138 people, um, there was only five matches on the show there was a women's war games match a men's war game match an intercontinental championship match a singles match and then a women's championship match so uh the show opened with the women's war games match so it was bianca belair charlotte flair shotzi and becky lynch versus damage control bailey oscar eo sky and kairi sane um from what I remember, this match was pretty good. I like, I think I like the men's match better. I didn't take any notes for the show. That sucks. Um, let's see, I'm trying to remember. Like, I know there was points where, like, it's funny. There was like a, I know there was a spot where like the fans wanted for some reason. WWE fans are like obsessed with tables, so like they would go to start. So for those of you that don't know how War Games works, I should I guess I should explain the rules. So there's a double, there's two rings with a double cage, right? um and the two wrestlers start for five fighting for five minutes They're, everyone else is locked in a in like a shark cage i guess you could call it at the top of the ramp and one team has the advantage so they'll always have an extra person in so in this case it was the babyface team with becky charlotte shotzi and um, bianca belair then after, like every three minutes after the start of the match someone else comes in and then they fight and then you can't actually win the match until everyone's entered the ring if that makes sense and then you can win by pinfall or submission if anyone tries to leave the cage or does leave the cage once you're inside your team forfeits so hopefully i explained that correctly like there's some wwe does war games different than this used to be a wcw thing dusty Rhodes actually um invented started this match so um so, yeah, uh, I know there was a point, like, it was just funny, though, because I was talking about the table thing. Like, they would, all the women, because they'd all throw weapons in before, and then they'd, like, they'd pull, like, a kendo stick out, and then the fans would boo, and, like, it was just, I don't know, it was funny. Um, Bailey and Becky started the match. Bailey was uh, actually, like, pretty good in this match. She would always break up pins and was trying to, like, save her team. And it's funny because they've really been teasing on television, and especially recently, that, they're going to turn, you know, damage control is going to turn on Bailey, which more on that later. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but if you hear a really loud sound, my heater's on. It's cold as hell right now. So um, at least I'm cold. <laughs> um, I know there was a spot where uh, EO Sky, once everyone got into the ring, EO Sky like got on top of the cage and put like a trash can over her head and like jumped on everyone. I remember that being pretty cool. Um,. The finish was, I believe, Bailey got. They all did their, like, everyone else was down. They did, like, all the faces did their signature moves on Bailey. And then Becky Lynch did a, um, I believe she calls it the manhandle slam. It's basically like a modified rock bottom. She did it from the second rope through a table and pinned her. So, um, so, it was a pretty good match. The match went, like, what, 30. Thirty-three minutes and thirty-five seconds. So it was a really long match. Um but yeah, like I said, we're, like it's weird because like they fight for like twenty plus minutes and then you can't even win the match till everyone comes in. So it's like you're kind of fighting for no reason. But um anyway, yeah, it was a good match. Uh the second match was Gunther defending the Intercontinental Championship against the Miz. Um, this was actually surprisingly good. Uh it's kind of weird because the Miz has been a heel for like his entire career. Um, and they actually, I thought did a good job of actually like making you want to cheer for the Miz here. Cause like in the build up to this, it was basically Miz did like, his, he has a talk show called Miz TV. And he was just basically like Gunther was like bullying him the whole time when he would do, you know, on the show. And then eventually the Miz started fighting back and they kind of got the, they did a good job of getting the crowd behind him. They actually did a good job of making you think the Miz would win, which you knew he wasn't going in. But uh, the Miz at one point, I know he countered, Gunther went for the power bomb, and he countered it. Miz did a skull-crushing finale that actually the crowd bought that he would win, and he didn't. Um, Miz did the figure four. Um, he kicked Gunther in the ball. I think this is what he kicked him in the balls like twice. So the Miz was still doing like his heel tactics but the crowd was behind i like said they did a good job of actually like making you want to cheer for the miz which is weird because like i said he's been a heel like 95 percent of his career um and his last face run kind of bombed because the way they booked him it was kind of weird because like the crowd was i'm going back to like 2019 they tried a face turn with the miz and it didn't work but it wasn't his fault but the crowd was behind him then and then they just booked him like shit and had him lose to fucking shane mcmahon (laughs) which was stupid Vince mcmahon's son Um, anyway, off topic, uh, Gunther at one point did like a top rope splash onto the Miz's back and then he did a Boston Crab and the Miz tapped out. So it was a good match though. Like I said, they did a good job making you want to cheer for the Miz. They had a match on Raw, Monday Night Raw, a couple weeks later that was way better than this. The stipulation was a Miz lost. He couldn't challenge for the Intercontinental title again, as long as Gunther was champion, which Gunther won. So, uh, next was... Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee. I believe this was originally supposed to be um Dra- Santos Santos Escobar versus Carlito, and then they did like a storyline injury where Carlito got taken out and Dragon Lee replaced him. <coughs> Excuse me, uh, Gunther and the Miz. By the way, the match was twelve minutes and twenty seconds, so it was decent. This. Santos Escobar and Dragon Lee match. I don't remember much about it. I don't remember it, like, sucking, but I don't remember it being, like, particularly good. Um, Match was, like, only, what, 7 minutes and 40 seconds. Pretty short. Um, Santos Escobar got the win. That's really all I could say. Like, there wasn't... I'm trying to go off this on memory. I don't want to go back and rewatch the show. So if this review comes off as sloppy, I'm sorry. Uh, The fourth match was Rhea Ripley defending the, w- the Women's World Championship against Zoe Stark. I would keep forgetting they renamed the women's titles. Um, so, like, the Women's World Championship was once the Raw Women's Championship, and then I think the SmackDown Women's Championships is called, like, the... Is it, like, the Women's Heavyweight Championship or something? I don't remember. That wasn't on the line, because EOS Sky was in war games. But uh, this match was fine. Like, Rhea Ripley, obviously, is great, but I don't think... Zoe Stark is quite ready for uh, prime time, I guess you could say. Um, I don't just—I don't remember the crowd being really into this match. Um, Rhea at one point, she won, hit the Riptide to retain the title. So like I said, it, this was probably the worst match on the show. Like I said, you could largely skip the middle of this show. Maybe watch The Miz and Gunther, but just watch the two War Games matches, especially the main event oh uh, i forgot to mention our truth returned which was awesome um there was like a backstage segment where they were promoting so ruffles like the potato chips sponsored was one of the sponsors for survivor series so uh, they did like a segment with a bunch of people i believe it was like alpha academy um like women. i think the women's tag team champions like chelsea green and piper niven were there And, like, someone else and R-Truth returned. And R-Truth's great. So, anytime you see R-Truth on TV, I'm not going to complain. Dude's funny as hell. Right now, they have him kind of aligned with the Judgment Day, which is kind of funny. Um, But, yeah, R-Truth's great. He returned. So, I forgot. Yeah, there was three big returns. So, R-Truth's a legend. So, I think he's great. Um, Now, we get to the main event. It was the men's war games match. So, the teams were... Um, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Jay Uso, Sami Zayn, and the return of Randy Orton after an 18-month hiatus versus the judgment day, which was Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, and JD McDonough, with and Drew McIntyre was on their team. So the reason Drew McIntyre joined Drew McIntyre's been tremendous. He's kind of like a tweener right now, where he's not a heel and he's not a baby face. But he's doing a lot of like heelish things, but you can also sympathize with him due to like past storylines. Like he's he basically joined this team so he could beat the shit out of Jey Uso, who he blames for costing him the championship against Roman Reigns like a year ago, and then he's pissed because Cody Rhodes was the one that brought him onto the show. Sami Zayn's friends with Jey Uso, and then he wants Seth Rollins' title, so that's kind of why he joined. He's been doing tremendous work on TV, um, on Raw and. So if you had some segments like after this that were really good and some matches, so but yeah, those were the teams. Um, this match was great. So basically, like how Randy Orton got on the team um, was, you know, Randy Orton has been gone for a long time with an injury. So I'll get to that when he because they did a cool thing with him. But so the teams all come out and Randy Orton is nowhere to be found. He doesn't come out with this team. I want to say who started this wasn't it? It was like Finn Balor and Seth, I think. Um, but yeah, Orton hadn't shown up, and I remember they did a couple segments where they were like, Oh, Randy Orton isn't here, and then he never came out when the match started. Um, so yeah, Ra- Rollins and Finn Balor started the match. Uh Rollins was beating the shit out of Finn Balor, and then JD McDonough came in. Um and they double teamed Seth. Uh then Jay Uso came in to even things up. And then at that point, Drew McIntyre wanted to come in, but when they opened the cage to let one of the Judgment Day team members out, Damian Priest actually stopped um, McIntyre from coming in, which actually they've – he's kind of feuding with Judgment Day in a way too. So they're doing a lot of cool stuff with Drew McIntyre right now. But uh, somehow Damian Priest got like a medal. It was like a baton, I believe, and he hit – the Jey Uso and Seth with it a bunch of times. Um, Sami Zayn came in to even the odds. He grabbed a table and, of course, the crowd popped. Um, and then he got a pipe that was, like, hanging in the cage. And he used it to beat up the Judgment Day. Um, Dominic Mysterio came in. The crowd booed the piss out of him, which was excellent. Dominic gets some great heat and it's awesome. Um, he got the shit kicked out of him by all of the... uh baby faces. Druid came in at some point during this. I think he came in before Dominic. Um and then there was a point where they were all in there and Randy Orton hadn't came out yet. So Priest, Damian Priest and um Drew McIntyre performed a choke slam on Rhodes, Zane and Rollins. And then they put Seth Rollins through the table with the Razor's Edge submission, Damian Priest did which was Scott Hall's old finisher. So then the clock counted down for Randy Orton to appear, and he never came out. And then all of a sudden, um, Rhea Ripley ran out with Damian Priest's money in the bank, and he was going to cash in, which would have been interesting because at this point, War Games, like, Orton hadn't entered the match, so you can't even win the match. So I don't, they never, like, I don't understand how that would have worked. So, like, if Priest would have, let's say he would have cashed in, would he have, would they have just stopped the match and had a separate match and then continued the war games match? Would the war games match have just been thrown out? Like it was weird. But um so yeah, he comes out, Rhea Ripley brings the briefcase out to so he can cash in. She goes to hand it to the referee, and then before um, the ref could or the the contract could be cashed in, Randy Orton showed up um, and got a fucking huge pop from the crowd. You couldn't even hear Randy's entrance because the crowd was so loud. It was ex- it was great. I love Randy Orton, so like it was great to see. But he'd been gone for eighteen months with a he got a, del- a back fusion surgery and he was having some neck problems. There was a lot of rumors going around online that he was going to have a forced retirement and wasn't going to get to finish his career, which would have sucked. So it was great to see him back. The crowd went nuts for him. So especially with all lot of the rumors of like CM Punk coming back like for Randy Orton to be able to um get this type of reaction was ex- was awesome to see. You could tell he was happy to be back. Dude was ripped too. Like Randy Orton's always had a good physique, but holy shit this guy was jacked. It was like his physique was insane in this match. <laughs> So Orton gets, I like that he gets in. So all the baby faces are taken out. Randy Orton gets in and just shuts the cage door. So it kind of had like a cool vibe. Like, oh, you're trapped in here with me type of thing. Um, So it starts out, they uh, all all the Judgment Day's reaction to Orton coming out was funny. Like, I think they zoomed in on Finn Balor and he's Irish. And he was like, what the fuck? Or, yeah. And then uh, you could see Dominic mouthing as Orton's walking to the ring. I got this motherfucker. Um, so he comes in, as I mentioned, he shut the cage. He hits the all of his normal shit that he used to do. he hits the power slam on Dom and then a power slam on. I think on JD McDonough. He did the draping DDT to uh, Finn Balor. Um, and then he faces off with Drew McIntyre. They hit fight a little bit. and then priest and uh, McIntyre double team Orton. and then all of Judgment Day starts stomping on Orton in the corner. And then uh, the baby faces make the save. There's a point where uh, Randy Orton sets up to do the RKO, and then he sees Jey Uso. So if you remember in storyline to write Randy Orton off TV for his injuries, um, the Bloodline. So Jey Uso, who was part of that at the time with you know his brother Jimmy, and I don't think Solo was there then. I don't remember, and Roman. They beat the shit out of Randy Orton on an episode of SmackDown. So Randy Orton was going to RKO Jey Uso. Uh, anyway, so Randy Orton was going to RKO Jey Uso. And he, uh, I think he said something to the effect of like, you and your boys, you did that. And he was, and then I think Jay said like, sorry, or something. And then uh, one, someone was going to attack him. I want to say it was like Priest. And uh, Jay saved him with a super kick. Saved Orton from getting taken out from behind, and then Orton hit the his first RKO. I believe it was on JD McDonough. Could be wrong, or no, it was on Dominic. Um, and the crowd, when it did a huge pop for that, and then uh, there was a point. So Randy Orton does the draping DDT, which is where he has his opponent on the middle rope, and he does a DDT. So they everybody in the ju- in the match did a draping DDT to pay homage to Randy Orton. I thought that was really cool on the baby face team. Um, and then basically the finish, um, was so JD, it got down to where they had all gotten taken out. So I think Finn or the Cody did like a Cody cutter on priest, I think, or maybe Finn Balor. Um Sami Zayn and Jay Uso took out McIntyre with a hula with a hell of a kick and then a frog splash. He jumped from like one turnbuckle from the other ring into the other one. Jey Uso did. And then I think Seth took out I don't remember who. But anyway, either way, they all got taken out. Um, it's down to JD and McDonough. They surround him. Um, um, and then he climbs up to the top of the cage. sammy Zayn and Rollins climb up there to fight him, and then all of a sudden, Randy Orton. The pan camera like pans there, and they, th- Randy Orton standing there, and they throw him off the top of the cage, and Randy Orton caught him with an RKO. It was awesome. Um, the crowd popped huge for that, and then basically the ending came where Randy Orton grabbed um, Damian Priest, threw him to Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes got hit the crossroads and got the pin. So Randy Orton let Cody Rhodes win the match, which was cool because obviously his dad was the one that invented this match, so um, it was a fun match Randy Orton being back, I think, made this match great, it was an excellent really, like, the last, like, 5 to 10 minutes of this, so um, yeah, the babyface team wins, Randy Orton was back, and then after the uh, so, like, after the match, they're celebrating and um, they put the copyright you know, sign up on the screen like they're going off the air. And then they do like a wide crowd shot where you just see the cage and then you can see the crowd. Then all of a sudden um, you hear this so that you hear this static, like, which was a thing they used to always do back in the day when, um, you know, for CM Punk, when he would come out, then all of a sudden you heard cult of personality and CM Punk made his WWE return after nearly a 10-year absence. This was fucking great. The crowd went absolutely crazy for his return. Similar like he I thought, oh yeah, I want to give WWE some credit, then I'll talk some more about the punk thing. They nailed Randy Orton and CM Punk's returns without either of them like over like stepping on the other one. Because the crowd, I think, like wanted CM Punk to return, but it wasn't you weren't sure and it wasn't like announced with orton you knew he was coming back they announced it and uh, the the, it was reported that they announced it so that fans wouldn't expect cm punk but like they did an excellent job of giving you randy orton and then giving you cm punk at the end without them kind of overshadowing each other but this was great like obviously cm punk had gotten fired from aew after some backstage issues and stuff but uh you know, his first time being back in WWE in almost 10 years, um, huge reaction. I thought it was cool. He, so he does this thing where he gets down, he does like, he like checks his watch and then goes, it's clobbering time, but he, he went to do it. And then he let the crowd finish the, it's clobbering time phrase, which I thought was awesome. So yeah. And then like, it really, it just went off the air. He kind of celebrated with some fans and I know a lot of people are complaining that like he didn't do anything or didn't challenge anyone, but I thought the way they did this was really good because he just comes out and then he's on the stage and then the show ends. So it's like a cliffhanger. So you basically have to tune into raw or SmackDown to see what happens next, to see what he's going to say, what he's going to do. Like, so I thought that way they did. This was good. He didn't say anything. Didn't go to the ring. None of that. Um, you know it's funny. Also, like there was a lot of like dirt sheet people. Like I don't they I don't know wrestling journalists is the right word. They're like, oh, we reached out to higher ups in WWE and they told us there was no chance CM Punk was going to be on the show, and they're not talking to him. And I I always laugh at that kind of stuff because it's like obviously if he's coming back, they're not just going to tell you like, oh yeah, CM Punk's coming back like. And then, like, it's just funny to see them all backtrack. Like, oh, we were, you know, he, he had just, we had just gotten word, like, 10 minutes before that he was coming out. And, like, well, it, I don't know. Um, they also did an angle during this where, like, Seth Rollins, like, they didn't show it on camera, but, like, he was, like, flipping off CM Punk. And, like, it was an angle to set up a feud down the road. But, uh, like, he was all pit- pretending to be pissed. But apparently Triple H had told most of the uh people in the main event that he was going to show up this was a funny part that also wasn't on camera um randy orton was sitting i saw this uh, like a fan video because they did like i said they just showed punk when he came out they didn't really show the ring at all but randy orton was sitting in a chair in the ring and he did um cm punk's like watch point and then cm punk did randy orton's like um pose that he does with like his arm pose and then they waved at each other and i thought that was great um but anyway yeah this was a great show you got two epic returns from two legendary wrestlers like, i don't remember the last time wwe did um like a two returns like this and one i did r-truth i love our truth so but he's not on you know just being honest he's not on the level of randy orton or cm puck but um yeah it was just crazy like because there was a lot of rumors CM Punk was going to show up and he didn't... Like I kind of believed it, but also with like all the issues that Punk had with WWE, which is documented. You can look it up if you want. I'm not going to go into it, but there was a lot of bad blood. They sued each other. Like there's a lot of shit that happened and I never thought he would come back. But, you know, I think Vince not being involved played a factor in it, um, you know, because Triple H even clarified that... Um, you know no one from the TKO people knew it was basically just him and Nick Khan that st- brokered the deal i guess you could say um but yeah like maybe i'll do like a retrospect one day on punk leaving wwe i don't know there's a, you could look it up it was like 10 years ago it's cuz it's kind of cool with the rumble coming up today actually it's 10 years to the day of cm punk's last wwe match which i'll get to in the rumble review so um yeah, this is my review of WWE Survivor Series. It's been about 25 minutes, so I think I'll split this up. Maybe I'll – yeah, I'm going to split it up. So the, uh, thank you for listening. I'm going to do a, take a little break, and then I'm going to do a preview for the Royal Rumble. Uh, thanks for listening.